Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday, December 19th, 2023. Just wrapping up another week closer to New Year's. You guys have New Year's plans out there. Getting ready for that ball to drop. Do you know who you're kissing? Do you know who you're trying to kiss? Who are you going to settle for? Well, we'll have some content today about why you might be single and why it's okay. We'll discuss that. And I can't believe I missed this yesterday. I can't believe I missed yesterday was National Twin Day. So shout out to all of our twins, born and unborn, real and unreal out there in the world. Fraternal and identical and all other types. I think there's a few other types of identical or fraternal, right? I don't know. Whatever. Whatever the case may be, we're happy for you out there. I hope you don't have any complexes about being compared to the other one nonstop and all of that. Well, look, we're going to start with some Christmas jams as we need to really ramp up the schedule. And what better way to do that than go to The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and let's listen to Alanis Morissette sing Last Christmas. A woman undercover, but you There it is, folks. Alanis Morissette. And we actually have another clip of Jimmy Fallon here talking about the time on SNL where he impersonated her. Have a listen. I remember doing it on Weekend Update, and you were kind of either in the corner of my eye. I was eye. doing this. Yeah, you were going, yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> but I was, like, so nervous to do it. And uh, But you were just so cool, and I'll never, ever forget Aww. that. You were so nice. nice. Uh, and we have... Yeah, for cool kindness. We have a clip if you want to see uh, if you want to see me singing "Thank You" from 1998. Here's a clip. Oh. How about cheap people that give you bags of pennies? Yeah. Thank you, Mike and Ike. Thank you, Candy Corn. Thank you. Thank Uh, Jimmy Fallon, ladies and gentlemen. All right, and what's going on with Late Night TV? Deadline released this article. What the hell will happen in Late Night in 2024? I don't know if you guys know this, but I know this as a comedian, that Late Night has long been a place for stand-up comedians to get their big break. It used to be on Johnny Carson, if he let you perform on stage for four minutes, you were the only person that the whole world or the whole country was watching for those four or five minutes. I mean, it made Ellen DeGeneres and so many others. And it used to be Conan O'Brien and this and that, it would be a good credit. And that just doesn't exist anymore. Uh, Late night TV doesn't translate into the same cultural movement it used to. And maybe that's because, I don't know about you, but uh, it's not appointment television anymore. For me, I'll watch whatever streaming show I'm watching that I'm going to fall asleep to. Um, But either way, uh, there's still a home for it uh, on several networks. Uh, Although this year was a rough go for it. Uh, Here's what Deadline had to say. It's been a strange year for late night and things are only going to get 
get weirder. All of the late night shows were dark between May and October as a result of the writer's strike. Uh, and the genre lost one of its longer running shows as the Late Late Show, which has run for over 5,000 episodes since 1995, is to be replaced by an old Comedy Central game show. The change hasn't been quite as significant as last year when James Corden and Trevor Noah revealed they'd be stepping down. Surpri- surprisingly, both are continuing to talk just in a less visual medium. Warner Brothers Discovery's new regime killed Samantha Bee's Full Frontal and De- De- Dezus and Mero, who for some were the duo to reinvigorate the field, broke up. The Late Show will continue as comfortably the most-watched late-night show, particularly as we head into another general election year, and Stephen Colbert recently signed up for another three years. Jimmy Kimmel Live and The Tonight Show, starring Jimmy Fallon, will continue to battle it out for second and third spot, battling over younger viewers, but without any real sign of dethroning Colbert. Are you guys watching late-night TV? Either way, it looks like it'll exist, uh, just not nearly with the sort of cultural gravitas that it used to have. Well, we've got a lot to get into today. I'm going to talk about Blake Horstman uh, and what he thinks about becoming a father soon. And we're going to talk about a few other uh, entertainment news stories like the now canceling, is that the right word to use, of Jonathan Majors following the guilty verdict for harassment and assault. If you aren't familiar with that story, hey, don't worry, I'll catch you up. And for all of my beefcakes out there, we've got a story about um, power lifting. So if there's any uh, hulks out there that want their story about bodybuilding, we will have that and so much more for you today. Uh, But first, let's go back to some music. And uh, I don't know if you know this about me. Big fan of acapella. And here we have Tone Talk Choir singing Carol of the Bells. Anyway, there it is, folks. All right, I'll tell you what. Now that we got the Christmas spirit in full force, I'll come back with my update following yesterday's bombshell story that we had on Clayton Eckerd. We'll have that update right after this. And if you didn't catch yesterday's videos or uh, the podcast, we discussed Clayton Eckerd and his paternity scandal. I'll be relatively brief here, but I did want to provide this update. Uh, We had a 50-minute long video yesterday which shared all of the new court filings that Clayton has put into the court system to try and prove that he is not only not the father, but the lady accusing him being the father of her unborn children, but also to prove that uh, she isn't pregnant. And after all those documents, were put out there, not only did I immediately, and by immediate, I mean within a couple hours, receive a scathing email to my lawyer, which of course is 
gladly supported by all of your GoFundMe donations. Uh, but we also did notice that another thread has been removed. As you guys know, there is a thread, a subreddit called Justice for Clayton that has about 750 plus members. This was in response to the previous thread, uh, that subreddit that was called uh, Jane Doe by her real name, which I don't share. Uh, but, um, uh, it seems that a lot has been getting taken down. That was taken down, and now a kind of, um, I call it a Bible because it's got all of the documents, all of the documents of the Clayton Eckerd v. Jane Doe story, all of the timeline, you know, factual court case references, all of the citations and everything were posted online just a few days ago. Well, I hate to have to play the X-Files music, but I'm here to tell you all that that file is gone. That's right. The Reddit files have all been deleted. And again, I don't know about like erasing history. I think we should just stand uh, on uh, on uh, on what's out there, you know, and if people want to share these court cases and court files, I don't see what the big problem is. I mean, they exist publicly for a reason. And I guess you could still get them deleted from Reddit because Reddit doesn't afford you the same rights that the First Amendment does in the Constitution. It is technically what a private company, but you know, it, under the spirit of having a public town square and a public place to share things, I am quite worried that one could have this all removed so easily. I wonder if they repost the thread but redact uh, the names, if that'll help. But again, that doesn't really help the cause of you know making sure that the truth gets out there. Either way. Just another fascinating day in the world of Clayton Eckerd coverage, and we'll have more on that story as it comes out. I don't mean to tease you all, but I can't quite share all of the information I have regarding the Chase J. Jones aspect of the trial. As you guys know, we've been very curious to find out who Chase Jones really is, this being the person that uh, you know accused Clayton Eckerd of doing a very nefarious thing by dancing to a song that had vulgar if not racist words in them, but of course, you know, many hip hop songs do, or, you know, maybe in today's standards, you, you wouldn't be caught singing those lyrics, but uh, we've yet to see any true cancellation for those dancing to those lyrics. Well, Chase J. Jones sent out press releases trying to get people to cover this story to shame and actually cancel Clayton Eckerd. Again, Clayton Eckerd, a, not a household name outside of the Bachelor world, just a guy with a quarter million Instagram followers, which again, sizable, but not a household name. If any uh, fish were meant to be fried, you would think they would go to bigger content creators. Either way, in our attempts to subpoena Chase J. Jones, we are now finding out information regarding their identity, which neither solves the case nor dismisses the case. It just adds a little flavor to a very, very strange story. We'll have more on that on today's Patreon. Uh, again, I'm not uh, trying to hide any information from you all. It's just that, you know, finding out and not sharing the, the, the cards or the hand that were dealt is going to be pivotal as we maybe uh, uh, establish a, uh, a closer connection to who this person actually is. And why does it matter? Well, they've actively tried to cancel Clayton Eckert for what I believe to be very frivolous reasons. And if that person can be tied to the same person claiming to be pregnant by him, then we have money getting involved and that makes things all the more interesting. All right, let's take a 
a hard left turn from Clayton. You go to Blake Horstman, and he posted on his uh, uh, Instagram Q&A. We know Blake Horstman, uh, former uh, star of Becca Kufrin's season of Bachelorette, met his now, I believe, engaged. I think they're engaged, right? The mother of his soon-to-be-born uh, son. Is he having a son or a daughter? Actually, you know what? I actually don't know. Maybe we'll find out here. Either way, he's uh, works as a DJ now, and he answered some questions. And maybe, maybe I'll give some answers to these questions as well. Uh, the question was, what are you looking forward to the most being a dad? And he said, no matter the gender, I'm excited about having a mini me. Those of you that know me know that the kid will be sick of horsing around and with me, not the other way around. I will literally have a best friend to play with all the time in my house. And if I could answer um, what I'm most looking forward to about being a dad, I'm looking forward to understanding what my kid uh, is all about what their personality type is. I can't wait to slowly unearth what makes them unique and what makes them tick and what makes what brings them joy and all those things. And I think, and again, I don't have any kids, but I think one of my jobs, other than keeping my family safe and uh, you know providing opportunities for my son to thrive and grow, I think what I really look forward to is finding out what he might have um, in his life that he has passionate about and really help him explore that and try to try to make sure there's no ceilings set and no false limitations in the, in their life. I want my, I want my kid to feel like he can be and do whatever the hell he wants to do. And, um, you know, I want to be there to help that flourish. I don't know how else to put it. I'm sure my answer will change. Blake was asked, does Giannina go to all of your shows? And he said, no, not all of them. A lot of the big ones. I know some of y'all think I forced G out of the, out of the house, uh, but uh, she loves EDM shows and has long before me. That's why we work so well. Blake says, I told her if she was too tired to come to Vegas, she didn't have to, but she loves it. My biggest supporter. Yeah. You know, it's uh same thing like, um, you know, with my wife, I, I do stand up comedy. And if I have to go, uh, you know, to a gig, she probably won't come with me unless it's, you know, in a city that she might want to see or something. And in, in which case it's like, all right, now it's a family show. You know, like if I have to rent a hotel or uh, if I have to get a hotel room, I might as well bring my wife. What I'm looking forward to in 2024 is doing more gigs that are driving distance so I can get out, uh, do more shows, which of course is like part of the livelihood of everything. But also in instances where we can, travel, I will travel. And uh, this December 28th, I will be traveling a very short distance to Huntington Beach. I've got a stand-up show at 7 p.m. Uh, tickets are cheap. They're 15 bucks. It's a fun place to go. So bring your whole family out. It's uh, dead between Christmas and New Year's. The 28th is a Thursday night. If you want to come out and laugh, we'll have some Bachelor alumni there. There'll be a ton of fun, and I'm going to be doing a nice long set. New jokes I'm working on for next year, and old jokes as well. So come check that out. I I do know a lot of people have criticized Blake Horseman because they've said, well, he thinks he's just going to be able to travel once he's had the baby, but it's going to be very tough on Giannina. And it's like, look, and this was the question that was asked of him. Is Giannina angry that you will still be traveling and DJing? He says, I mean, no, she understands it's my job. She obviously wishes I could be home all the time, but I have to make a living. She thinks she will have fear of missing out, FOMO, but honestly, I will have more fear of what I'm missing out at home. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be so great when the little one is old enough to come with cute little headphones. Yeah, look, here's the deal, right? Everyone goes, oh, it's going to be so tough. You're going to travel. People aren't going to... It's like, it's his job. He probably makes 20 to 50 grand a set. 
You know what I mean? It's like most issues that families have is not having the resources. And I've been there, folks. You have a low-paying job. You're working too long, this and that. That's the real struggle. If Giannina, you know, I mean, if, if, if they have to hire uh, someone to help her out while he's away making money doing shows, I'm all about it, you know? And I always say this, like now that we've moved my, and I, I think I covered this on my family vlog that we released the other day, but um, I kind of have been discussing moving to two episodes a day and it's going to add a, you know, a little bit of uh, stress in the sense that I record these episodes. They, they don't just come out of thin air. It takes me some time, but what I'm doing is also helping uh, my family, you know, first of all, I'm trying to provide you good content. I wouldn't do two episodes a day if I didn't think there wasn't enough to talk about. But I say, look, hey, maybe you catch the morning one. Maybe you catch the afternoon one. Maybe you catch both. So far, it looks like most people are listening to both, which I just find to be amazing. Thank you all so much. But it was like, look, I, I can work a little bit harder. My wife isn't going to have the luxury of maternity leave or going back to her job because that's the fickle industry of entertainment that we work in and that she's not going to have those that social safety net to cover her. So your boy Dave's going to work a little bit harder. And if that means um, for half an hour or for an hour extra every day, I'm in the office in the other room trying to make a little extra content. Hey, that's what we're going to do. But the benefit, just like Blake has the benefit of not working a nine to six where he's gone all day long, the benefit is I get to be uh, not rushed out of the house in the morning. I get to spend breakfast, lunch, dinner with my family. And that's something that I take great pride in and it's because of all of your support so thank you guys all from the bottom of my heart for all being a brick uh in the wall of uh dreams that i'm building here does that make sense anyway look we're gonna we got some more content to come your way i've got some funny and weird stories right after this Okay, here's a story I haven't really been following. Jonathan Majors, I don't really know. I don't watch comic book movies, so I don't really know who he is. But Marvel Studios drops Jonathan Majors following guilty verdict for harassment and assault. Marvel Studios has parted ways with Jonathan Majors, the actor cast to play Kang, the central antagonist in the multiverse saga of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, after he was convicted on December 18th of two misdemeanor counts of harassment and assault of Grace Jabari, his ex-girlfriend. In the verdict, Majors was also found found not guilty of one count of intentional assault in the third degree and one count of aggravated harassment in the second degree. The actor was arrested on March 25th on assault and harassment charges after Jabari accused Majors of assaulting her in the backseat of a private car after she took his phone to read a text message he'd received from another woman. Jabari alleged that Majors forcefully retrieved his phone from her, causing an excruciating injury to her right middle finger, and when she exited the car, Majors hit her on the back of her head and then try to force her back into the car, causing a cut behind her right ear. All right, scary stuff out there, but he's been convicted in a court, and now Marvel said, you're done. All right, in other news, very sad story here. Celine Dion, her sister says, singers lost control of her muscles. A devastating update on Celine Dion's debilitating battle with stiff person syndrome. As her sister says, she's lost control of her muscles. The star's sister, Claudette Dion, revealed a shocking turn in her disease, which causes painful muscle spasms, saying it would be a while before Celine returns to the stage. She told seven jurors it broke her heart because her sister had always been disciplined and hardworking, recalling their late mother telling Celine her habits would make her successful, but that very success now appears threatened. 
Despite the grim outlook, Claudette says it's still Celine's goal to return to the stage, but in what capacity, she doesn't know. Uh, did I ever tell you the story when I made eye contact with Celine Dion? I'm not kidding. I, I, I'm, I'm sticking to this story. I was in a um, coffee bean and, a, you know, a little uh, like a Starbucks looking restaurant called Coffee Bean. And she was sitting there, no makeup on. She had like, you know, maybe a hat on, totally incognito. And I was just sitting next to her enjoying my coffee. And I look over and I go, that's mother effing Celine Dion. I was like, that's the my heart will go on, lady. And either way, we love Celine Dion. This is what she had to say a whole year ago as she announced her disease and that, you know, she'd be pausing her tour. I've always been an open book. And I wasn't ready to say anything before. But I'm ready now. Recently, have been diagnosed with a very rare neurological disorder called stiff person syndrome, which affects something like one in a million people. So we don't know why she was uh, chosen, uh, sadly, uh, to be part of this devastating statistic. Uh, but now we know after a year that things are just not going well. But hey, we still can hold out hope. Maybe, I don't know, a miracle cure or possibly... Through the grace of God, maybe Celine can get out there on stage and recover. We'll have to see, folks. I'll let you know, but it doesn't sound too good. Um, Jersey Shore star Mike Sorrentino, a.k.a. The Situation, he said, My addiction situation was dire, and it's all in his new book. Here's what he told TMZ. Think about how much money you spent, how many different drugs you did. Do you feel fortunate to be here right now, Mike, that you made it through this and can celebrate eight years of sobriety, which is incredible? Yeah, you know what? I'm uh, celebrating eight years of sobriety, and I think that God definitely spared my story or spared my life so that I'm able to share my story. Um, it's a very wild um, book. Um, once you pick up this book, you will not be able to put it down. Um, but I really did a great job of of hiding it, but not that great because every single season MTV would pull me aside and they would be like, listen, you know, uh, do you have a problem or can, can we help? Can we help you? Uh, and eventually in around season number five, they gave me an ultimatum, which obviously is in the book as well. So I really think everyone's going to really love this book. You know, you mentioned wow. season five, Mike, I know season, I think it was season four when you were in Italy and there was that really infamous scene where you were, uh, got pissed off and you went and headbutted a yeah. cement wall. And I know you write in the book about the fact that you couldn't bring, because you were overseas, bringing the drugs with you was not something, was not an option. Right. Is that well, part of what was going on there? Well, yes. I, I Unfortunately, I, I misjudged my habit. I, I ended up smuggling um, around 500 um, rock assets, which is a 30 milligram oxycodone overseas. And um, eventually I, I went through all those drugs. And around that time when you saw that clip, it's a very famous clip. I was going through withdrawal because I ran out of drugs. And in Italy or overseas, they, they have different sort of uh, prescription drugs out there. Um, and I was literally going through withdrawal on live TV on the biggest reality show in the country. You know what? I'll tell you this. I was a huge fan of Jersey Shore. And you know why? Not because they're perfect humans. I mean, look, literally, they desecrated the Italian-American culture, but because they were authentically themselves. They were messy. They they were family. They were they were toxic. 
and they were must-watch TV, and they still have these reunion shows. I don't know. Let me know. Were you a Jersey Shore fan? Either way, Mike the Situation Sorrentino, wouldn't you love to see him on Driving with Dave? Feel free to send him a DM. Maybe one of our uh, audience members knows him, and we can get him on the show. Either way, his new book, How I Overcame Addiction, Loss, and Prison, Mike Sorrento, Sorrentino, and uh, it's called Reality Check, Making the Best of the Situation. So anyway, that I mean, hey, look, that sounds interesting to me. Uh, he, the guy has definitely lived his life. All right, I wanted to share this with you. We're running out of time here. Oh, you know what? I'm going to have to save it for our next episode. We're totally out of time. It was an article about the rise of um, single men and why young women aren't wanting to date men. Uh, it's a very interesting clip, but you're going to have to wait for the afternoon episode. We are just out of time. Listen, I hope everyone has a fantastic day today. I'm sure to have update videos on YouTube, so you can go check me out over there. If you're working in the office and you want some time with some coworkers, I do a project called Work With Dave, and it's a live stream I do almost every day. And so you'll definitely get your money's worth. Go to patreon.com slash Dave Neal. If you want to join us for our work with Dave. Otherwise, we'll catch you on the afternoon rush. As always, I'm Dave Neal. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush.